You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Despirito. I'll be your host for the next hour. We've got a great show ahead of us today. We're talking about developments. We're talking about real estate law. We're talking about insurance issues. So good stuff. Uh, I'd like to dive into the show, though, first with information on the market because real estate market is changing. And about three weeks or so ago, I was talking about the... uh, I, I put an article out in RINewsToday.com called The Media is uh, Reporting Late News, Not Fake News, because everything we're seeing out there is late, right? We're not getting an information as far as the public uh, direct from the source, aka MLS, market data, right? We're not getting that information until it's past you know, a few weeks, four weeks or so. And that way there, it's late. Okay. So here on this show, we're discussing timely news. We're letting you know exactly what's happening in the market. You're hearing it here first. We've got our boots on the ground. So I want to talk about that. So you have the right information because you may be in a spot where you are getting ready to list your home. You know, the, the, the spring season is the time where a lot of people traditionally list their homes. School is getting out you know, summertime's coming and it, and it makes sense. It's warmer out. You're not getting hit with all the snow, all the rain, everything. The house looks the best. Curb appeal looks the best. And historically, traditionally, you make more money at that time when selling. And again, it's easier, more joyous to purchase in that weather in that time. I get it. Definitely. Um, but there's some things that are happening, some shifts that are happening in the market um, that we actually, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. I mean, for literally for the past near decade, rates have been so darn low, uh, extremely low, artificially low for most of the time. And home buyers have got used to these very low rates. So whenever you see an uptick in interest rates, you see, you know, a lot of consumers, number one, not qualify for the same amount uh, that they were able to purchase a month back even. And you also see some sticker shock and you see some consumers who are, so AKA buyers who are able to qualify, but are just like, wow, I, I don't want to spend that extra two, three, four, five hundred, a thousand, whatever it may be on my mortgage payment for the same thing. But it kind of is what it is, right? We have no control of the interest rate. So I want to talk about how this is impacting the market. I'm also not an advocate of the sky is falling type of stuff. So we're going to go over pros and cons and look at this that this thing from, you know, from 30,000 feet. We're going to look at it. And, uh, you know, and I also don't buy into this is not the show where it's like, you know, now's the time. Now's the time. Listen, everybody has their own situation. Everybody has their own needs. Everybody has their own financial type of uh you know, spots that they're in and never mind, every deal is different. Okay. Not every deal makes sense for you every time. Right. So there's a lot to digest there and it all boils down to the numbers and all boils down to what is good for you at this moment in time and for the foreseeable future with your goals. That's where it boils down. 
Okay. So let's look at this, right? About a month ago in March of 2020, early March, interest rates were in the early to mid threes. Okay. Call it three and a half. Right now, interest rates are teetering around five and a half or six. It's a big uptick, okay? So normally, traditionally, what you see when there's a low inventory, okay, and interest rates are taking up and we're in a seller's market, is we see prices for a short time continue to escalate, but at a lower, slower pace, and then eventually they level off. I do believe Okay, I'm a 10-year seasoned veteran with almost a quarter billion, actually over a quarter billion of sales under my belt. I do believe here in Rhode Island that we are at the peak. I do believe we are at the peak. Now, of course, again, there may be a slight little bit more appreciation and a peak doesn't necessarily mean it's going to dive. I think we're going to see a plateau because we still have the inventory shortage. But what's going to happen is days on market are going to increase. They already have. They've doubled, okay? So let's look at this from a very high level. The amount of homes on the market have increased by about 20 to 25% since early March. Now, this is a good thing. This is a pro. There's more homes to look at. So if you're selling at an absolute high end and you're buying, okay, it's almost like a wash. It's almost like a wash. Maybe you're relocating somewhere else where you can save some money, save some tax money, who knows. But ultimately, you know, people look at their homes as an investment. Several years ago, I, I told you, look, homes are not necessarily a type of investment vehicle because you're not getting cash flow from it. It's basically a break even. It's a fantastic place, obviously, to be. You want to own your own home. It has certain tax benefits and other things, but it's basically a break even. If you want to invest in real estate, you're looking at multifamilies. You're looking at commercial real estate. You're looking at lands. You're looking at other things like that, okay? But a single family home or a condo or a place where you live is not necessarily an investment, right? So I digress. I don't want to go too off that subject, but let me get back to it. So... With interest rates rising, it's going to bring inventory, which is necessary. Okay, the Fed knows this. Uh, the folks in Washington know this. And I, I think it's it's necessary, right? We also have to battle inflation like we've been talking about for the past couple of months. Inflation is crazy, in my opinion. And again, I'm not an economist, but I don't believe the numbers that they show for inflation of 8 or 9%. I think our money is worth close to 20 cents less per dollar than it was a couple of years ago. You can agree or disagree with me, but that's just my assumption, right? That's what I see here with the costs of, of materials and labor, and uh, fuel and food and all those other things taken in. And I know some of those studies and statistics don't use all of those, which baffles me, but uh, so, yeah, so that's the reality of it. So our, our money is worth less. Yeah, you have more equity in your home. Yeah, interest rates are up. Um, but it's a type of market where, you know, you, you want to make sure you're doing your due diligence, making sure that it is right for you. Okay, so uh, let's back up a little bit. Let me just say this. Let me just say that uh, sellers right now, I think, is the high pricing. I do. 
I really do. And with more inventory on, it means that you're able to find a home. So this is good. This is what we've been waiting for. So any questions you have on what it will look like to sell right now, how long it could take you, your goals now, your goals in the future, let's have that conversation because it may or may not be right for you. Let's also talk about where you're going, what your plans are. Are you upsizing? Are you downsizing? Are you relocating? Are you looking for that second home? What are you doing right now? What are your real estate goals right now? Let's have a discussion. You can give me a call. I'll give you my cell phone. It's 401-359-2338. Again, 401-359-2338. We're offering you a, a free, no obligation analysis on your exact situation. And I have some clients that I've been working with for two, three, four years. And literally just touch base with them on a quarterly basis. And it's what they like. It's what they want. You don't have to be ready to do anything right now. You're ready when you're ready. Sometimes people are. They're in an immediate situation. Maybe you heard my commercials where I'm like, hey, listen, if you have to sell now, if you're in a spot where you need to sell now, we do have cash buyers. We do have people that'll come in and pay and purchase a property as is. It is something else that we do have here. We have those resources. So again, 401-359-2338. But ultimately, uh, just to recap this segment here, uh, I do believe that an increase in inventory for our real estate market here, specifically in the Rhode Island, the Southern New England area is necessary. I think it's a positive thing. I think that could have only happened with interest rates and, and having certain, like, you know, having uh, buyers, uh, you know, kind of walk away a little bit, whether it's sticker shock or the unfortunate thing of certain buyers not being able to afford uh, the homes that they could. Uh, but ultimately, again, I think more inventory is a good thing. Uh, so I just wanted to share that with you and, again, be here as a resource. Uh, so I'm Emilio Desperado. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. We've got a fantastic show uh, coming up for you. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on News Radio 920, 104.7 FM in a couple of moments. Be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is your show all about real estate. We've got a great guest with us today. We've got uh, one of our advisors. Her name is Courtney Batello, and she covers the Rhode Island market and uh, Massachusetts as well. And she does development. So we're going to talk with her today about developments. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for being here with us. So, um, you know, it's one of those it's one of those specialties that not everybody understands. It involves a lot with land, with you know, uh, getting approvals in place, with what to put where, how to put it there who to do it. Like, I mean, there's just so many things involved in this equation. So I'm glad that you're here to talk about this with us. Right. 
as my developments have become increasingly popular with the housing shortage, um, there's there's nothing on the market. So in Rhode Island, we're still at that 500 and under home mark uh, available for sale in single families. So people are looking for alternatives, whether that be condos or whether that be new developments and deciding to build their homes. So a lot of land that we've seen sit for years prior is now coming about again and developers are looking into it as a viable option to, you know, to create more housing opportunities for people. Yep, absolutely. So do you see do you see an increase in, in developments here in Rhode Island? Though I mean there's a lot of red tape to get through. It takes a lot of time to get land approved. Is is there a lot of land listings out there that are ready to rock and roll, fully approved? You're going to find it more difficult to find a piece of land that has all of the approvals. When you're looking into land, if you have unapproved land, raw land, or approved land, the approved land is always going to be more expensive. Um, Approvals are great because it's ready to go. You don't have to go through that entire process with the town. There are quite a few steps in getting a piece of land approved, and depending on what town you are in, it's going to be more challenging or easier, depending on where you are in Rhode Island or Massachusetts and beyond. Uh, A lot of developers like to hang on and wait until they can get approvals. And then you have landowners who are trying to offload this land sooner, quicker. They don't want to wait for that whole approval process. But for a big project, it can take a few years time. Wow, absolutely. So, so again, and, and, and you said it, I mean, there's more value, obviously, to land that you can stick a shovel in and start building because you know, the time associated with it, the cost of the approval process. I mean, so so let's talk about what goes into getting approvals at a town and a state level. You know, what are what are some things that, like let's just say we have a listener here right now that owns land. OK, and it could be a, a small lot, it could be a small lot in Providence, Cranston, uh, Barrington, anywhere. Or it could be a large lot in somewhere like Gloucester or Richmond or Charlestown or wherever. What is like that process? Like, what do they have to do? Where do they start? So the process looks a little bit different depending on where your land is at, what stage it's in. If you just have a raw piece of land and you know nothing about it, first you want to have an exploratory period with the town. You want to do all of the research that you can on that property, find out if there's any wetlands. What is the soil like? Is it loam? Is it, you know, is there a ledge in there, rock? Is it difficult to build on? Can you build on it? Um, What is the zoning? Was it grandfathered in? Was something ever ripped down? There are a lot of pieces of the puzzle that you really want to start at a town level. Going to town hall and and starting some, you know, putting some meetings in place with town leaders in order to figure out exactly where your land stands. Zoning is going to have a big effect, too, on what you can build on that property, your building footprint, and really um, what kind of preparation you're going to have to do to get the property ready for building. Okay, cool. So there's obviously there there's the engineering piece too. So you're hiring, obviously you're hiring an outside firm, but you suggest that somebody go to the town first to see if there is any information on, on record. And normally the towns don't keep private information, but they 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 have a good hunch because of the surrounding lots. They know you know what has happened there, what was built there, what can't be built there. So I I totally agree with that. Start where it's free because if you go and you find out that the surrounding lots are like impossible to build on and somebody's already done that due diligence and you have a lot that's sandwiched in between those two, it may not make sense, you know. Right. And I think really finding out to what uh, what base layer you have on the land. Are there wetlands starting on something as simple as a GIS map just to determine, uh, you know, what your zoning and what your abilities to build on there? The town will have that usually on record. 
No, Courtney, that's something obviously you can help somebody uh, work out too. If, if they, if they called and they needed assistance, you could guide them through the process, right? Absolutely. Okay. How do they reach you? Can you throw your phone number out there for our guests? Uh, my personal cell you can have is 401-374-2465. Uh, we've taken a lot of people too from, you know, from start to finish in that building process. They work with a lot of builders, a lot of novice and experience. So it's really, you know, it's a it's an entire process. Once you learn it once, you know, the more you do something, the easier it is. But every piece of land we find is is vastly different depending on again the area and the makeup. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, if you're just joining us, we're on the line with Courtney Batello, uh, and she she's a real estate advisor here in Rhode Island, in Massachusetts, and uh, she's with us at Engel and Volkers. And you can reach her at 401-374-2465. Again, 401-374-2465. You can text her or call her, and she can help you with any of your land questions, whether you're buying, you're selling, you're looking to develop, or you are a developer looking for land. She's got the hunch on this area. This is her market specialization. This is what she does very well. And this is why she's here with us talking about this today, which is which is pretty great. Courtney, where I'm curious, right? You're out there every single day. The, the last segment, I was talking about the market, where things are going. Do you still see builders with the uh, interest rates increasing? Do you still see builders out there looking for opportunities? I do. Uh, we've actually surprisingly, especially in my personal sphere, seen an uptick in interest. Uh, a lot of builders right now, as it becomes warmer outside, are looking to get started on projects. There's a lot more ease in building in the Northeast when it's warmer out and, you know, especially exploring what the land looks like. Uh, you know, what are they what are they up against? But we've seen a lot of builders coming out and really getting serious about projects. We've seen a lot more, uh, you know, offerings on developments and on parcels of land that may have been sitting because there really is a lack of opportunity, you know, in, in single family homes and building homes. Uh, people are really holding on tight to what they've got right now. Some people don't want to move. They're afraid. Where will they go? So land has taken an, another upswing because that's really where we see opportunity in building new properties for people. So a lot of builders are either coming out of the woodwork or really starting to get serious about some projects that they may have been in between on. Yeah, absolutely. So with the so I mean inventory has increased a bit, but it's still extremely low. We're still down much further than what we should be. You know, I've said it multiple times on on this show over time. We should be around four thousand or so single family homes in the market, and we are still at about six hundred hovering. And keep in mind that six hundred from every price range. It could be from from trailer to castle. Okay, like from trailer to castle. We are literally about 598 homes on the market right now, single family home, um, which is which is uh, more than it was, which is great, about 20, 25% more than it was at its lowest, but it's still pretty low. So we, we do see prices to continue to appreciate, but I'm at a much slower and lower level. And the homes that need work, in my opinion, Courtney, I'm curious what you think about this, but the homes that need work, those are the ones that you're going to start to see uh, not sell or sell at a discounted price versus the rehabbed homes or versus new construction homes. Would you agree? I think new construction is always going to be, you know, worth more and more desirable, especially when people have that kind of a la carte. They can pick their cabinet colors or their interior colors. Some builders are just putting it up and they're like, here you go. Uh, you know, it's another property that you can move into, which is awesome because it's turnkey for people. Um, sometimes taking that, you know, personalization out too can help them expedite the process. But 
we've seen a lot of these properties, you know, that need work. A lot of the traditional buyers are stepping out of that market because they want something a bit easier if they're paying this price. The market who I think will continue to, you know, keep those, you know, those properties that need a little bit of work or a little cosmetic or, you know, even some structural are going to be those builders who are missing out on the land. They are going to then go into other properties that they might be able to fix up, tear down to the studs, build back up as a new construction. If they can't get into land or if there's a lack of land, that's where they'll turn to. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, how about condo developments? Are you seeing I, like, and look, you drive down 295 specifically, you're seeing all these chunks of lands that used to be like right on the side of the highway where people are like, nah, I'm never going to build there, but it's literally perfect spots and pockets for condo developments. Um, do you think we're going to continue to see an increase in condo developments? I do for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, first of all, Rhode Island being a little bit more rural than its sister town, Massachusetts, you know, like you just said, there's highways, they're accessible to people. It's a little more urban. So you can put things like condos there. People don't really want their single family, you know, their daughter, brother, or mother, sister running around in the backyard, um, even pets on the highway where there's highway in the back. It's harder to sleep. It's a little bit noisier. I find that condos traditionally, you know, obviously exist in more urban areas, but, you know, if there's a plane or a train nearby, people aren't as affected by that. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of these condos too, they're building 55 plus. So there's a couple of different things that I've seen as far as benefits of building condos. It's less land that's needed because you can fit four, you know, different homes on four units on basically what would be a lot for one home. So as land gets more and more scarce. And we're really not at that place in Rhode Island yet because there's still a lot of land, especially in the Western part of the state from North to South, which is good, right? But I think condos uh, really make good use of the the, the place um, and also the building supplies cost less. So we're at a time now where building supplies are the highest they've ever been. The cost of that and the cost of specialized labor is so high because there's so few people that specialize in any one different craft. So you have all of this and you can literally rinse and repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat and build these these, you know, quadplexes, these triplexes, these, you know, um, multi-level units. And I think all in all, it's more favorable for a lot of builders. I think so too, but there is one, you know, one caveat to that as well. There is sewer versus septic. So anywhere that you see a septic, it's going to be a lot more difficult to build a condo complex. So when we're thinking of septic, we're thinking of water supply. A connected water supply is going to fuel those sprinkler systems and those things that are necessary within condo and even apartment complexes. Those do not always exist out in, you know, the, the far parts of the state. So a lot of builders too, who are looking to build condominiums are looking for connected sewer, connected water. Number one, it's cheaper, but number two, it's a lot more safe when we're looking, you know, where are we going to get this water supply from? Um, but the good thing about condos is that it's a different building footprint, right? So if you have a ranch home, when you're laying a foundation, it's much more expensive to build a ranch because that's a huge foundation. You've got to go, you know, far and wide for that versus, you know, something like a colonial, something like one of those straight up properties that we're going even, you know, some contemporary styles can be like this as well, but it's a smaller footprint on the bottom and then they build up, they build vertically. So it saves them a bit more money. So condos can be, can be a great option. And then, Obviously, they're sold for a fraction of the price, but still still pretty high, especially at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Good stuff. So again, Courtney Batello uh, over here at Engel & Volkers. She's a real estate advisor. 
She's got global connections all over the world. So if you're looking to speak with a builder or a developer, literally anywhere on the planet, we've, we've got locations in 34 countries, five continents here at Engel and Walkers. You can connect with Courtney either locally here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts for personalized help or anywhere across the globe, 401-374-2465. Again, 401-374-2465. You can let her know that you heard it here on the radio, on the Spirit of Team radio show. Good stuff, Courtney. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us, your fantastic resource, and uh, a great advisor in person. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. See you next time. You're welcome. Good stuff. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with Ted Tapuzas of Tapuzas and Associates, and he's going to be covering some real estate law and some legal matters that you really need to brush up on and know before you purchase property. We'll be right back here on the Spirito Team Real Estate Show in two minutes. Stay tuned. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All right. So we've discussed a lot on the show today, which is really great. Developments, market, other topics, uh, all, all good stuff, all about real estate. We've got a great guest with us today. We have Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. And Ted, he practices strictly real estate law. So whenever you're looking to buy or sell or do anything with real estate, you're going to want to speak with a uh, an attorney that specifically handles that practice, that law, that specialization, super important. So Ted's got some great stuff to share with us today. And by the way, he's licensed in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Florida. So four different states, a lot of people moving back and forth between them. And we find it beneficial to link up with an agency like Ted's because, you know, when you're working with a firm that specializes where your clients are going, coming back and forth from, it's a great benefit for uh, everybody involved. Ted, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Amelia. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, on your show, always. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So you were talking about betterments earlier today at betterments. And uh, can you jump into that? What exactly are betterments? I mean, even as a real estate agent, it's kind of like one of those things, like, how do I, how do I explain this? It, right, right, right. I, um, so it comes up all the time. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's something that is, um, I, you know, and I'm going to focus on the Rhode Island contract, but it's, you know, it's, it's relevant in Massachusetts, relevant in, in, uh, um, in Florida, um, Connecticut. It's really anywhere. So it's essentially it's um, whenever the municipality um, uh, puts in like a water line or a sewer line um, or some kind of improvement, uh, municipal improvement, um, you know, at least locally here, we call it a betterment. Um, they, they call it assessments, too. Um, but uh, but that's where, you know, the, let's say the line runs along your property. And, and up until now, you've always had uh, well water and uh, like a septic or a cesspool, you know, that, that, that serviced your property, you know. So um, when, when that line gets brought to your street, um, then you have options. Um, you can either tie in um, to that municipal um, um, uh, service um, or you can leave it the way it is, um, uh, but uh, but you know you will have to pay as being in a butter to that um, road um, by I think it's by the um, you know the, the amount of frontage that you have onto that road a a, a, a percentage right so, um, of the uh, of the cost 
of that um, improvement over a period of time. You know, usually they say about 20 years, something like that. So you do see, so so the, the thing I think that, that was throwing you off, Emilio, was the fact that it's called a betterment, you know? Yeah, we call assessments. Yeah, okay, okay. That's right, yeah. See, so that's that's the thing. So, yeah, so that's kind of an interchangeable thing. And um, and so, but, uh, you know, lots of times they, you know, betterment is like a Massachusetts kind of uh, word, but it's assessment is the Rhode Island, um, you know, uh, term, you know, Florida term, but, but, uh, you know, basically with the reason why I'm bringing it up is because, um, you know, lots of times, um, uh, you know, the, uh, there's a, there's a provision in the agreement that says, um, seller to pay the balance off, um, you know, or, uh, acknowledge that there's no assessment or, um, the, uh, the other option is seller to pay the assessment current, and buyer to assume the the balance of the payments, you know, balance. And, and essentially what, what this implies is that this betterment, this improvement um, runs with the land. And so when you sell the property um, or buy a property, um, you're taking on uh, the obligation to continue that payment. Lots of times these payments are made through the taxes, the real estate taxes. So um, it's not really something that, uh, you kind of bifurcate, but but every municipality handles it differently. So some some make it a uh, you know a a, a special um, a line item that gets paid at closing. Some just roll it right into the taxes, and when you're paying the taxes, you're taking care of the uh, this betterment. So usually these are long term improvements. Um, and uh, and and to be quite honest with you, um, especially in Rhode Island, there's a statute that 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 uh, it does. Uh, come into into play, and I don't I don't have the uh, the exact citation of it, but uh, but you know this this law very well. It's that cesspool law. So if let's say the betterment is a sewer line that has been run into um, your neighborhood and along your property line, yeah. um, you're um, using as you have the access to a cesspool. Then by law, by Rhode Island law, you have up to a year after closing to tie into that sewer. Um, so. Um, so that's that's uh, that's a requirement. Now, now you so they're there. They're basically saying, hey, look, you got the uh, the assessment, you got the betterment, um, you know, you got access to it. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're gently nudging you um, to use that um, by requiring the uh, um, you know you to tie in within a year. But but um, more more times than not, the way it works is that um, you know somebody might uh, have a balance that's due on this assessment. Whether it's water or sewer, it doesn't make a difference. And, uh, you know, then there's this, this issue will come up. You'll see on the seller side, for example, they'll see a, uh, a line item for the balance of the assessment. Um, and then they'll be upset about it and say, hey, why am I paying this off? Um, you know, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't get the benefit of the balance of this payment um, because I'm selling it today. You know, I, I shouldn't be paying this off. It should be the buyer's obligation. You know, this is a negotiable thing, and it's important to bring it up in a, in a conversation like this because, uh, you know, like a, an agent, you know, should explain this to um, their client, um, and it and, and that works both ways. It's um, either explaining it to the the buyer that hey, you're you're taking on the responsibility of the uh, the future um, uh, payments of this assessment, um, yes, or seller that. Um, you know, you're selling this property and you have taken on the responsibility of paying the balance off 
and this is what it looks like. So, um, you know, it's really an important thing and it works both ways, um, you know, and, and it, you know, those couple check marks on the, on the Rhode Island PNS or however it's written in the, in the, uh, in the uh, Massachusetts um, uh, PNS or wherever you're closing um, does make a difference in terms of what you are obligated to pay at closing or pay towards the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's, it's a timely matter to bring this up right now, Ted, because literally a couple of months ago, a month ago, people were saying, hey, the buyer will cover the assessment, the buyer will waive appraisal, the buyer will waive inspections, this or that. But now this is one of those line items. This is one of those almost contingencies in place where now the not that it's a contingency, but it's, it's one of those things in place now that the buyers are now saying, hey, we want the seller to cover this because we, we realize we're paying top dollar, but we're also paying a higher interest rate. So our mortgage payments have shot up a couple few, five, 600 bucks per month. Now we can't add that quarterly assessment for the sewer on there and still be in the place where we can afford this property. So uh, as real estate advisors, you're right. This is something that we do discuss with our clients in detail. Um, because it could literally, if, if you're not having those discussions with your client, it's, it's a disservice. And, you know, you, you, some people are borderline what they can really afford and not afford. And something as small as an extra 1200 bucks a month could throw someone off and, and throw them in harm's way. So we don't want to see any of our clients like that. That was, that was a, a really great thing that you brought up, Ted. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've, I've seen it before and, and, uh, you know, people complain about it and they say, well, why, um, why is it on me? Um, and, you know, if you read the contract, that's just what it says. And usually when we go through these agreements, when, the, when we receive the purchase and sales agreements, we, we do mark that off and, uh, and, and say, hey, um, this is how this is going to be treated towards the future. And like, for example, if we're, if we're looking at like the Warwick um, um, tax certificate that we receive, that Warwick tax certificate will have a, uh, um, a little stamp in the corner that talks about um, what the balance of that assessment is um, and or if it's been paid in full. And so, um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's something that, uh, that becomes a, a heated topic at closing. And we don't want that. We, we, but we also want everybody to know um, this is what it is and be aware of it. And, and you know, Emilio, I know your team does uh, do a great job at staying on top of that, um, you know, and, uh, and sorry about that, the use of that terminology, because I know that that was more of a, a Massachusetts term, Alan, but essentially the same thing. And uh, I know you guys uh, really do um, uh, explain that. We don't typically have issues like that with you guys, but uh, but we do see it, and and uh, and you know I have to explain it if if it isn't explained at closing um, to make sure that you know that we're all on the same page. Yeah, no, it's great. And I, look, when when I heard the term betterment, I was like, wait a second, I, I what what is that? That's because that's not something that we use, but now it's just another 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 word we can apply. And I like it, and I love the opportunity. To, to come on here and tell the world that I know everything is absolutely unbelievable, foolish, and ridiculous. Yeah. I would never want to work with somebody that That's says that. That's work with, with us. You know, like, yeah. I, like uh, the, the, you know, I mean, I'm a one-trick pony. I, this is what I do. This, I, I, I don't practice, uh, you know, estate planning or, you know, uh, PI work or, 
you know, I don't do probates, that kind of thing, but I do do real estate and I do it in multiple jurisdictions. And, and it's, you know, the, 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 the idea, the concepts are very, very interchangeable um, and very repetitive. So as long as you know the business and you know how to, how to approach the, the process, it's always the same thing. It's just, uh, yeah, the terminology changes a little bit, but, but the, 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 the explanation and the application is the same. You know, and that, that's one of the other, the other things too. I always tell our clients, Ted, whenever we're sitting down with them for an initial consultation, whether they're buying or selling, I always say, hey, listen, do you, do you have a real estate attorney? And I specifically say real estate attorney. And, you know, I would say maybe two out of 10 times our clients elect to use their, their own attorneys, right? Maybe three out of 10 times. So 30% of the time they use their own attorneys. And I would, I would then have to, to say, I always warn them like, hey, listen, not warn, but I always say, listen, any attorney can do this. Just like every attorney in Rhode Island has their real estate license by default, okay? Because you have to take real estate law, you got to do this and that, and you get a license. But it doesn't mean that they're going to be able to, to be the one that's going to find you the property you need. You wouldn't hire them as a realtor. So why are you hiring this divorce attorney to represent you in real estate, like there's right. going to be so many areas that they could miss. And it's such a nominal cost. Like, and I've said it before, I've said, you guys don't get paid enough on the seller side. I feel it's such a nominal cost to have someone there. It's a transactional cost. There's no, you're not paying per copy. You're not paying per phone call, per text message. It, 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 it doesn't make sense to not use someone that specializes in it. And, and I, lastly, I always know I've been to a lot of closings, Ted. And I've been through the the, the ringer with, and, and nothing against your colleagues, but with um, people that don't specialize in certain areas and you can just see it, you can feel it. And people, unfortunately, when they're not working with a specialist, whether it's a realtor, an attorney, a home inspector or somebody, they lose money. They, they're, they're, they're open to, not every case, but a lot of cases, they're open to losing money, to losing uh, leverage that they would have with somebody that specializes in that industry. Yeah. That's just it. So for our consumers, you know, just be careful out there, whoever you hire, whatever situation, do your due diligence. Um, and if you need any recommendations for anything, uh, you know, attorney, we've got Ted Tapuzis here, uh, you know, contractors, whatever, real estate agents, what, any part of the world, you know, here in Rhode Island, Mass, Connecticut, feel free to give us a shout and we can connect you uh, and, and guide you through it. 401-359-2338, or you can go ahead and Google, uh, or you can, I'm sorry, go to taclosinglaw.com, taclosinglaw.com and check out Ted and uh, and his associates at Tapuzis and Associates. Ted, I appreciate you very much. Thanks for sharing so much. Thanks, Amelia. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. You're welcome. Thank you. So this is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Tapusis and Associates. We'll be back in two minutes. Stay tuned. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see All right, what's going on? We've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. She's got the top five events here weekly in Rhode Island, and uh, we're, we're talking with her about what's going on. Jen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, so Thursday, April 28th, this is a great reason to head to Matunik because a lot of shops have actually popped up in that you know little 
area. So Thursday, April 28th is the Village of Matunic Spring Stroll from 5 to 9 p.m. Um, you can stop by and gather with friends, shop local artisans, play games, enjoy delicious treats. Um, there'll be popcorn, cotton candy, and you can visit each business and grab a raffle ticket for your chance to win a two-night stay at the Admiral Dewey Inn, which is right down there as well. Um, and the rain date is Wednesday, May 4th, and you can park at South Kingstown Town Beach and Mary Carpenter's, so there's parking along the way. But uh, definitely, you know, it's worth getting down there and see, you know, the changes that are happening with Tunic. Rhode Island Comedy Hall of Fame fundraiser is April 29th at the Comedy Park in Cranston at 7.30. Um, it's a special fundraiser to celebrate the Rhode Island Comedy Hall of Fame and its new home at the Comedy Park, um, located within the former Park Theater in Cranston. Um, there's a hysterical lineup. There'll be food and drink for purchase. There'll be auctions, a 50-50 raffle, um, and that's $25 per person. So another great way to support a newer local venue. This I always love, the Wicked Tulips Flower Farm. Um, Pick Your Own is open in Exeter, Rhode Island from April 29th-ish to May 7th. Obviously, it depends uh, on the tulips themselves. Um, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., you can walk through the tulip fields, experience the sights, sounds, and the smells of the historic farm. Um, you can bring home a fresh hand-picked bouquet. Obviously, there's great uh, photo opportunities while you're there. And tickets are required and have to be purchased in advance. Um, and they will be on sale when the tulips are blooming. Tickets are limited, so you can check out wicked, wickedtulips.com to get the details there. Uh, Wednesday, April 27th is the Waterfire Fundraiser at Skyline in Providence. And that's from 6 to 10. You can join in a celebration of the return of the Waterfire full schedule um, for the 2022 lighting season with Strike the Match Fundraiser. Um, and it'll be just an evening of food, drink, and community and uh, last but not least, this is also really fun for all ages, uh, but the kids especially love this one. Um, Saturday, April 30th is the 22nd annual Pocketuck River Duck Races in Westerly from 1130 to 3. Um, and in spectacular fashion, they released 20,000 rubber ducks uh, oh. into the Pocketuck River. Yeah, so they go all streaming down um, and they they travel the Pocketuck River. They release them at the Westerly Pocketuck Bridge. And it's also a charity fundraiser to benefit over 40 local schools and nonprofit organizations. So there'll be um, kids games, food uh, booths, rides, and so much more. So it's a great opportunity uh, to have some fun and support the community. 20,000 of them. 20,000 rubber duckies. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's great for all ages, but like I said, it's, it's pretty amazing to see the kids' faces when they drop 20,000 rubber duckies into the Pocketuck River. Awesome. And they can check it out at riblogger.com. Don't forget, you can submit your events for free on riblogger.com as well, too. So check it out and uh, also check out the business directory as well when you're there. Jennifer, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great week. Awesome. Great segment. That one was powered by riblogger.com. Our friends over there, riblogger.com. Check it out. I'd like to thank Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates for coming on the show today discussing Betterments, a.k.a. Assessments. Check that segment out on SoundCloud or Facebook.com backslash Spirito team. In addition to Courtney Botello, our global advisor here at England Volkers, helping out with developments. Good stuff. Great segment. And uh, we were talking about the market as well here in Rhode Island. So, again, you can check that out on SoundCloud. Just type in the Spirito team. You can check out all of our past episodes. And if you have any questions, you can contact me direct 
401-359-2338. Again, 401-359-2338. Any real estate related questions uh, anywhere in the world, we can help you out or get you some uh, get you some help in that certain market. So good stuff. Thanks again to Andrew, our show producer, Bill, our station manager, Jennifer with riblogger.com. And you, our listeners, being here with us every single week. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll see you next week here on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920, 1047 FM, iHeartRadio, WHJJ. I can breathe now. Thanks, guys. Bye.